tea time. Who else looks forward to morning tea? Yeah, every week, every week. Life's hard sometimes, isn't it? Just me. Life's hard sometimes, isn't it? It's full of disappointment sometimes. It's exhausting. It's hard work. Sometimes it's upsetting. Sometimes we come against just life and it's, it's hard. We all walk through hard times. We all walk through the valleys. But in the valleys, who or what has our attention? When we come up against life, what is our response? Is it one that turns us inward, in on ourselves and into our minds? Or do we turn our attention heavenward into the bigness of our God? In Psalm 63, this is where we find David. In Psalm 63, says this, You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. This is David speaking. I thirst for you. My whole body longs for you. In a dry and parched land where there is no water. I've seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With the singing, with singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night because you are my help. I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. This is a psalm that David has penned while he's out in the desert, the desert of Judah, and he's fleeing from Saul. Now, he's fleeing from Saul because Saul's trying to kill him. It's a good reason to run away, I think. But he finds himself in the desert, thirsty, hungry, looking for shelter, and then he writes this. You, God, are my God, earnestly I seek you. I think we can agree that David's circumstances were hard. He finds himself not only in a desert, but with someone chasing him down, trying to take him out. And yet, as we've just read, David directs his feelings of suffering back towards God. He declares to his body and to his mind, he says, whatever you're feeling right now, whatever you're going through right now, whatever the cravings of your physical body, I want the Lord more. When physically he recognizes that he, his need for basic substance like water, his focus returns to God, to praising God in the midst of his hard times. His focus and attention is on the Lord. If we pick out little bits that as David talks here, he says, stomach, I thirst for you. But he thirsts for God. His body, my whole body longs for you, Lord. He talks to his lips. He says, my lips will glorify you, Jesus. Hands, I'll lift up my hands and I'll praise you, God. 
brain, be fully satisfied with the richest food. Mind, I think of you, Lord, through the watches of the night. That is through the middle of the night. Even as I sleep, I'll dream of you. He is here telling his whole being that it longs for God in the midst of his pain. God is the one above all other circumstances that he needs. Sometimes we can recognize the place that we are in, the desolate, the desert place, see and feel the cravings and desires within us, but then we can refocus our attention on God. Choose that when the going is hard and circumstances seem to be against us to turn our attention to God. Choose when life gets really tough and there seems to be no end to the difficulties of this world. And sometimes it feels like that, to look again to God and to trust Him. A few years ago, my family, the avid skiers, and if you've talked to me for more than five minutes, I've probably asked you if you're a skier or a snowboarder. But we saved up for a few years as a family, and we went on a big ski trip to Canada. And it was great. Now, when I say my siblings are quite good skiers, you could point to anywhere on the mountain and say, can you ski that? And they're like, oh, yeah. And so one point, we'd, we'd left the rest of the family behind, and it was just me and my four little siblings. And by four little ones, they're all bigger than me, but my four little siblings, we went up, and we were right on the top of this mountain. And there's a run that was called, it was a double black diamond, which means it's the hard one, but then it's the hard one of the hard ones. And we get to the edge, and we're looking down, and to say it's steep is an understatement. But it, it goes all the way down into the valley. And we all stood on the edge, and one by one, they all leapt off, just confidently and well, I followed suit, I jumped off, got about three turns in, and then it dawned on me that I'm the eldest, and now I'm responsible for my four little siblings as they've just leapt off this cliff. And so I stopped for a minute. Now, not being able to hear me going, yee-haw, woo-hoo, behind them, because we're quite loud scares, my siblings all stopped just a few turns below me. They look back up, and they're like, come on, Maya. And I go, I, I can't. I've forgotten how to ski. They're like, you've, you've been skiing your whole life. You know how to ski. And I go, no, I've, I've forgotten. Now, it's a terrible place to forget how to ski. They're like, but just, just turn, throw your body into this way. Point your skis here. Reach around. Lean forward. Lean into it. Reminding me and reminding my body how to ski. And I went, well, there's no way back from here. And so... Okay, so I threw my body into the next big turn, and as I turned and I talked to my body and said, pull this way, push that way, lean into this, we skied out the bottom. But standing on the top of that slope, or partway down that slope, having forgotten how to ski, all of a sudden the whole circumstance looked not greatly in my favor. Because here I was faced with a really, really long, steep walk down, or a really steep climb back up. And I had to say to myself, come on, you know you can do this. You know you have the skills. You know that when you throw your body into this turn, your, the rest of you will take over and you'll be able to go. I had to say to my body, come on, lean in and let's go. You'll be relieved to know that I made it to the bottom and I'm not still stuck 
on the side of that hill. But sometimes we need to speak to ourselves and remind ourselves of what we are able to do, of what we've been able to do before. We need to say to our bodies and say to our minds, my lips will glorify God in this place. Sometimes it feels like we can't or it feels like it's too hard. Sometimes, you, Jeremiah, you don't know the circumstances that, that I face. Standing in worship, it's hard work, but you know what? I will lift my hands because I've been there before and I know the bigness of my God. I will still choose to worship. Mind, remember the faithfulness of God through the hardship before. Brain, every, even while you sleep at night, would you dream of God? I'll lift up my eyes. I'll lift up my hands and I will praise God even when it is tough and the situation looks hard. I'll thank God. I'll worship him. I'll fix my attention on Jesus again. Now hear me, I'm not saying that we don't acknowledge the trying times of life. We need to only look at other Psalms of David and hear his frustration and anguish to God and to circumstances. In Psalm 13, he says this, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? You can hear the pain in David's voice. Psalm 55, he says, Listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my plea. Hear me and answer me. My thoughts trouble me and I am distraught because of what my enemy is saying because of the threats of the wicked, for they bring down suffering on me and assail me with their anger. It's okay to realize that we have hard times in life. David faced them too, and to bring those to God and say, God, life is hard. But even in these times, David turns around just a few verses later. And in Psalm 13, 6, he says, I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. And he finishes that other verse in, in chapter 55. He says, but as for me, I trust you. There's a recognition that we need to sometimes declare to our circumstances the bigness of our God. We need to notice the struggles that we face and we all face them. Notice the feelings of pain or of isolation or whatever it is that we face. Then speak to that moment about our God. It's not to belittle the seasons and moments we find ourselves in, sometimes daily, but to remind our minds and our bodies that our God is on our side, that our home is an eternal one with Jesus. Our moments here on earth can feel really big, can feel really scary, can feel really long, but are simply a fleeting moment in the perspective of forever with God. It's declaring to these moments, our home is with Jesus. Christ has already set me free. The work was finished on the cross. Yes, it still hurts sometimes. Yes, it is hard sometimes. Yes, I might still have physical pain in my body sometimes, but I have the promise of hope with Jesus. I have the surety of fullness of life in God. I have the confidence to get up every day because of the gospel, because of what Jesus Christ did in me and empowers me by the power of his Holy Spirit to keep walking. Even though pain, even though hurt, even though trouble, even though life is hard sometimes, I still have great hope. Verse one of Psalm 63, the Psalm that we read earlier, David writes, I thirst for you. 
declaring to his body, I thirst for you, God. In his physical circumstances, he was desperate for some water out in the desert, but he's saying, God, I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. It's not just physical water that we need sometimes, but a spring of water that wells up to eternal life. Many of you know the story, you'll know it well, of the Samaritan woman at the well. Now Jesus was traveling with his mates, he was traveling with his friends, and as they were going into the city, he realized that his he realizes that he's actually really thirsty. And so he says, hey guys, you go into the city and I'm just gonna go find a drink. So he goes out to this little well just outside the city and he's simply looking for someone to pour him a glass of water. But having no buckets or glasses with him, he sits down at the well and he waits. Eventually, this woman comes along and she's drawing out water because it's her job to get the water for her household. Jesus goes, well, Well, she could pour me a glass of water. So he says to the woman, hey, would you pour me a glass of water? Well, the woman turns around and says to Jesus, we we can't have this conversation. Because in those days, the woman, because the woman and Jesus were complete strangers and they were from different cultures, they definitely should not have been having a conversation. And so the woman reminds him, "Uh, Jesus, although she doesn't know he's Jesus at that point, We can't have this conversation. Well, Jesus is undeterred by this and says, well, if if you really knew who I was, then then you'd you'd ask me for living water. And then the woman turns around to him and you can hear the the laugh in her voice. You don't even have a bucket to pull water from and you want to give me a drink. I can think that the woman thinks Jesus is a little crazy. But then Jesus says this, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. It's this moment of recognition in the woman's eye, and she replies, sir, give me this water so they won't get thirsty and have to keep coming back to draw water. They then go on to have a conversation about the way she's living her life and the the difficulties and the, the circumstances that she's come up with. And Jesus reveals to her that he is the Messiah, the one who is coming and has been promised to come. He says to her that the time of worship and unity of the people of God has finally come and he is the one who is bringing it. The woman faced all kinds of difficult circumstances. But in that moment, as she was simply going to draw water for her household, as Jesus was simply going for a drink of water, these moments collide. And he turned this moment looking for a drink of water to have a conversation of eternal significance. The woman had gone to the well in the middle of the day, the heat of the day, the worst possible time to go and draw water. But in the hardest part of the day, while she was doing something so practical, she meets with the person of Jesus. The Messiah, her Savior, is revealed to her. Our physical circumstances, sometimes the hard things that we come up against in life, 
can be reminders to fix our eyes again on Jesus. We all face difficulties. We all face hardships. We all walk through trying things, some more than others. Let's be people like David who, when confronted with trying circumstances, the things that the world and society can throw at us, we turn around and praise the Lord. We can feel pain, feel hurt by people, events going on around us and even to us. But we can also understand that we have great hope. We have the comfort of the Holy Spirit. We can ask for a drink to quench our thirst for water, ask for help to work through the pains of this world, see a counsellor on the journey to talk about the struggles that we face and to get some real practical help, visit a doctor, get some diagnosis. They're all things that we should physically and practically do, but we can also remind ourselves, remind our bodies that in the pain, in the hardships, we will worship. We will praise lips, I will glorify the Lord. Hands, I will lift you in worship again to God. And we can turn to the one who pours out an eternal well that will spring up inside us. Ben, could I invite you back on stage this morning? May the hope of Jesus rise in us in all circumstances. May the grace of God flow out of us in all hard meetings. May the mercy of Christ be on full display as we care for those around us. Sometimes in our families, sometimes in our workplaces, sometimes in friendships, things don't quite go as we'd planned. Sometimes in the plans that we've laid down, they just don't work out the way that we thought they would. And it's really easy to turn and go, woe is me. What else can I practically do? And we should, we should look for the practical things that we can do to help. Turn to those around us with great advice. Go and see someone who is trained and skilled in areas to help us. But let us never forget the bigness of our God, that He is on our side, the God of all hope, the God of all comfort, by the power of the Holy Spirit walking with us to empower us, to encourage us, that we don't have to do this journey alone. We don't have to walk through this valley alone. We don't have to do it even physically alone. We have a great church family who can reach out and support us, who can love on us, who can pray for us. Life can be hard sometimes, but our God is good. Would you stand with me if you're able this morning? I know a few of your stories here, but I don't know everything that goes on in your life. I don't know all the things that you face. I'd like to read out Psalm 63 again, but I'd like you just for a moment as we read it to go, this is my cry. Whatever it is that you are facing, whether it's hard times, maybe you're in a really great time at the moment, 
What a great idea again to simply say to God, right, I will choose to worship you even in this good time. But I know that if there's times that we're facing that are difficult, maybe it's a health-related problem or a relationship or something at work or I don't know what it is, but you will know. But as, we, as I read this, would you read it as if it is you saying? Would it be speaking over you? Would it declare to your body? Would it declare to your mind, I will praise the Lord? You, God, are my God. Earnestly, we seek you. We thirst for you. Our whole beings long for you. In a dry and parched land where there is no water. We have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, our lips will glorify you. We will praise you as long as we live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. We will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, our mouths will praise you. On our beds, we remember you. We think of you through the watches of the night because you are my help. We sing in the shadow of your wings. We cling to you. Your right hand upholds us. God, I just pray for all of us who are gathered here today, or maybe even listening later. God, for the hard times that we face, we thank you that we don't have to do it alone. Thank you that you sent your Holy Spirit to encourage us, to walk with us, to comfort us. We just say to our bodies, we say to our minds, remember the goodness of our God. That even when times feel tough, we can still praise you. And when things don't go as we planned, we can still glorify you with our lips. When difficult times come upon us, or, and they will come, we just say we love you and we trust you again. Remind us again of what you've done for us. That as we walk with you, as we worship you, you would get all the glory and all the praise and all the honor in this place. Help us speak to ourselves to remind us of your goodness. Amen. You know, this morning after the service, just down here or, you know, come and if you'd like someone to pray with you, just to stand alongside you in prayer. For whatever it is you can tell us, you can just say, hey, I just want some prayer. Please come and talk to us. We really would love to pray for you. The Holy Spirit would like to deposit something in you again this morning, but let's worship and let's give Him all the glory this morning.